Welcome to Expert Opinion, the branding business forum where leaders share their views, insights, and experiences from the world of B2B branding. And now, here's your host. Good afternoon. This is uh, Andrea Fabri. I'm the Director of Strategy for Branding Business. And I'm here today uh, with Andy Frawley, who wrote a very interesting book called Igniting Customer Connections. Andy, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. I'm quite delighted that uh, you've uh, decided to spend uh, the next 20, 25 minutes with us. Um, uh, You know, uh, I would like to start this conversation uh, with three statistics that really caught my attention in your book. And the statistics are the following. 90% of Americans use multiple devices sequentially throughout the day. The second is 81% uses a smartphone and TV simultaneously. And last one, a bit scary, 20% of tablet owners say that they purchase products advertised on TV while watching TV. What's going on, Andy? Well, I mean, I think those statistics are illustrative of two things. You know, one is we, we live in a multi-device world, um, and we can probably all argue if, if we all have a tension deficit disorder these days, but... You know, people are using the devices simultaneously, but they, they are using them, you know, in, in slightly different ways. The other thing that's going on is, you know, the, the path to purchase or the path to conversion, you know, used to be a very linear thing, and now it, it's completely nonlinear. You know, people are entering a conversation on one device, buying on another one. They're often doing it, you know, in sort of unusual patterns. They're, you know looking at one website and buying it on a different website. So it, it means that, you know, marketing needs to be in the moment, um, that this is happening, you know, in real time. It's very dy- dynamic. And, and as a marketer or a CMO, you know, it creates an environment where fundamentally they have to step back and say, is, the, is my approach to, you know, designing, executing, and measuring my marketing strategies is it you know right in this in this new world and, and that's really why I wrote the book was that you know I've, I've been in this industry for 30 years now obviously there's been lots of change in technology and marketing and the internet but the pace of change over the last uh, really 24 to 36 months is you know is staggering and and I think it's time for a new approach yeah, I, I would agree with you. And in fact, uh, this new approach is often uh, uh, the focus of conversations that we have with uh, executives of a variety of companies. Uh, so <clears throat> let's talk about the approach that you recommend in the book. You obviously are advocate for a different way of creating customer connections and engagement with customers. Can you please uh, talk to uh, those things? You know, Can you describe what is this new model? What is this new engagement model? And why should it work? Better. But the essence of the new engage, uh, this new model uh, is, is sort of two key concepts. One is that you know while we're talking today, you know brands who, who may be listening to this in the future are having you know hundreds of thousands or millions, in some cases of ten millions of what I call atomic moments of truth. You know where they're interacting with a customer, whether it's a consumer or a business. And in that interaction, which, again, increasingly is happening, you know, in real time on a connected device, they can either create value in their brand or they can destroy value in the brand. They can create value in the customer relationship or they can destroy value in the customer relationship. And, you know, that's happening all the time. The the second key concept is, 
because that's now happening on you know more and more powerful devices that allow a, a much more personalized and richer experience, marketers can think about two concepts together that historically they've thought about separately. Engagement, you know, getting people to engage with the brand, open an email, click, like it on Facebook, whatever those engagement metrics are. But they can also think about how they're experiencing the brand and trying to make an emotional connection. And, you know, and the emotional connection has historically been something we thought about in mass media. We're going to create these powerful you know, TV ads that really have people sort of connect with the brand from an aspirational perspective, whatever the case may be. Well, we can now do that on a smartphone. And we can do it in a way that it's hyper-targeted to a consumer. What we have found, and, and in the book we did proprietary research um, that proved this thesis is that if you can move engagement and experience together at the same time, you will create a much more valuable relationship and, and an aggregate drive, you know, brand and, and business equity, you know, in a way that is not just incrementally better, but, you know, sort of in some cases the step function better. Definitely, I agree. And uh, technology, I think, today enables for the first time to really look at experience and engagement together. And yet, um, I think that technology is still the barrier, meaning investment in infrastructure that enables uh, customers to truly deliver that unified experience and engagement. You know, what do you see the barriers to the model? What do you think that they are? What do you see companies doing well? Maybe an example would be uh, uh, appropriate uh, to, to, to showcase companies that are sure. well, about I mean, One of my favorite examples is uh, Walgreens, uh, mm-hmm. who's a, a client that Epsilon works with, and we, uh, we do a variety of things for them, but we, we run their loyalty program, Balance Rewards, and you know, the Walgreens, you know, their tagline and their sort of message is you know, the intersection of healthy and happy. Um, so, you know, within the the loyalty program, they, you know, have lots of these atomic moments of truth. Obviously, people are in the stores, they're buying stuff, they're getting rewarded, they're going online, and, and that's all very powerful. But to sort of get the point across, what we you know, think about, um, one of the ways you can actually earn points in the loyalty program is by uploading your uh, Fitbit data into the program, and you'll actually get loyalty points based on how hard your workout was. So if you think about an environment where you go for a run, you come back, you've got, you know, it's a good run, you have that sort of euphoric experience, you come in, you upload the data, and you get credit, and then when you go back in the store, not only do you have more points, but you're getting coupons and incentives to go buy, you know, health and fitness products that maybe would have been bought, you know, outside of Walgreens in, in any other case. And so, you know, that's the sort of engagement and emotional connection we try to drive. And, and again, what we see in that case is that it's highly correlated to, uh, you know, brand loyalty. Yeah, and also what caught my attention in some of the examples that you provide in the book is that uh, brands can also start think, to think much more broadly about their engagement, not just about their specific products and services, but much more broader than that, uh, the example you just provided being uh, a manifestation of that. So what do you think are the barriers, though, that companies face uh, with regard to adopting this new model? What kind of investments do companies uh, need to make in order for this model to be uh, powerful and effective? Yeah, well, and I think, obviously, there's with everything, there's sort of different degrees. One of the exciting things, um, I think about 
the world we live in today is some of these approaches can be done pretty simply through social media. So social media is a great, you know, equalizer um, for small businesses you know, versus larger businesses. They can reach lots of people well beyond their geographic footprint, and they can have a, you know, a very direct interaction with them. Uh, so I think there's there's applications of these ideas across a broad spectrum of company size and capabilities. On the the larger end, companies like Walgreens, um, you know, the the challenges are really twofold. There, there can be technology challenges, although I think increasingly the technology is quite available. One of the complications is that as you have a greater ability to sort of deliver these sort of messages to to customers, it, you have to create a lot more content. Um, and a lot more personalized content, and that's sort of a different, you know, often requires a different approach. And, and there's a chapter in the book that Ignited Customer Connections that speaks to the new age of, of content. And then, of course, how do you measure this, you know, is, is more complex in multi-channel world. You know, how do you attribute credit and value? And, again, through the book and, and this concept of are we squared, which is engagement times experience, we try to give a, a, a mathematical way to at least understand that as a predictor to, to increasing um, brand and business equity. One of the things that you also contend in your book is uh, when you dis- describe, provide examples, and you talk about the different paradigm, uh, is that uh, good customers are, are not only your customers. Can you can you expand on that a little bit? Well, sure. I mean, I think. Um, most businesses' competitors have great customers as well. You know, part of the, the challenge here is to, to give a framework for marketing professionals to think through how they allocate their investment dollars, you know, you know, their marketing budget, in a way that it's, it's spread across you know, keeping good customers, uh, getting more share from their customers, and then obviously going out and acquiring their competitors' uh, good customers. And maybe not spending as much on a customer that's marginally profitable, and, and all businesses have those. And so, you know, the, the backdrop of, of much of this is a, also a different way to, to allocate the, the marketing budget or the marketing, what I view as marketing investment dollars, in a way that they have the highest probability to return. You mentioned Walgreens. Is there another company that you would like to mention as an example of uh, one that uh, takes advantage of these uh, atomic moments of truth? Yeah, another great example is Federal Express. Um, so we work with Federal Express. You know, they market to small and medium-sized businesses uh, using many of our approaches and, and techniques at Epsilon. And one of the things that we've worked with them on is uh, is also a, a slightly different loyalty construct where, you know, there, to, to, the, to the last question, at one level they're marketing – uh, mission is very simple. They need to take share away from UPS and move it to Federal Express. Mm-hmm. You know, between the two of them, they have the vast majority of the of the shipping spend, so to speak. Um, and you know, and the question is, how do you get you know small businesses to to consolidate that share? So we we rolled out an invitation only loyalty program to you know try to give some incentives. Um, and as we went through and and did some of the the research and insights work. Yeah, we said, well, what is the, what's the thing that would really motivate somebody to, to switch their behavior? Not just to get a little bit of, a, you know, some points that you might redeem for something or, or a price discount. And, and as we were going through that exercise, we were, we were actually sitting in a conference room down in Memphis. Uh, the, the walls were covered with NFL, PGA, NASCAR 
paraphernalia because they are a major sponsor of all those uh, all those events. And we said, well, what if uh, you know if we do our segmentation and, and one of the major categories that, that they were targeting was auto parts stores, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, they ship a lot of parts overnight back and forth. Um, what if you know Joe's Auto Shop uh, in Boston, Massachusetts? Could if they shipped all of their uh, shipping from UPS over to FedEx, we'd give them a chance to get their logo on a NASCAR car in a nationally televised race. That that reward has you know incalculable value to the to the uh, to Joe, um, and it, in fact, in that case, didn't cost Federal Express anything because they already you know had the sponsorship. And so again, that's the sort of thing where. When somebody's making that decision, when they're online, they can go to FedEx or UPS.com, and they say, you know, where am I going to ship the next package through? At that atomic moment of truth, the content we deliver them isn't just sponsorship. It's, you know, NASCAR. It's the the piece they're interested in. And, you know, it, it compelled behavior that generated, honestly, hundreds of millions of dollars of incremental value. Yeah, and what is the big payoff for the customer? You know, what does the customer get from... Uh this uh, ROE square model that it's not getting today? The, the end customer or, or the, the end company cu- doing the, the marketing? End, yeah, the end customer. We think that they get a better experience. You know, we all receive a lot of communications from brands, some passive, some not passive. And, you know, what we find in, in both our, our sort of primary research in the area as well as performance of, of marketing programs is people don't mind getting communicated to as much if the content's relevant, if it's something they're interested in, if it's something that they attach value to. Uh, what consumers and small businesses don't like is when they get things that are completely out of the blue that they perceive to be you know, very inv- in- invasive. And so the more it's sort of a, a building effect, that, that the better the communications are, you know, the more relevant, the more real-time, the more the content's sort of personalized, the more likely people are going to want to receive that uh, and then, you know, open, click, buy. You know, most consumers like these approaches, what we've found. Is there also like, uh, you know, three, four, five steps uh, broadly defined that, uh, you know, companies uh, should think about, you know, as they start to adopt this experience plus engagement model. You know, what are the, the first four or five things that companies uh, should do? Maybe there is an evaluation process. You know, is there, is there a blueprint, in other words, that you can offer? Yeah, so there is certainly a process that, that starts with really assessing where the valuable customers are, you know, who the valuable customers are and, and what are the places that you can touch them. Everybody has to prioritize. You can't sort of just do all this magically at once. And so, you know, we, we encourage people to go where the money is. Um, and so that's sort of the, the first part. And out of that, you know, usually comes a set of desired experiences. You know, what, what do you want the customer to experience? So in the situation when they're in the store and they have their smartphone, what's the sort of optimal experience that would look like? And we, we create these customer experience maps, if you will. From there, you, you can look at that and if you may need additional technology enablement or whatever the case may be. But, again, we try to do that in the context of driving a particular experience that we think is going to drive a, a business outcome, you know, a sale, whatever the case may be. Uh, and then it's really a matter of, you know, starting to deploy communications uh, with a rigorous approach to, you know, test and learn. Um, but with one of the subtle changes that's actually quite profound, uh, particularly for, for larger companies, is, 
many large companies, they sort of plan their whole marketing calendar around a, a fixed number of large campaigns. And those campaigns you know, may take weeks or months to plan, and they run for weeks or months, and they take weeks or months to measure, and there's only a certain you know, 3, 4, 10, 12 of those cycles in a year. The switch in mindset and sort of people process technology is that you may have a 1,000 campaigns running all the time. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we would, you know, we, we, we'd have someone sort of work with clients to sort of engineer a set of capabilities that enables that so they can sort of target customers, generate content, measure what happens, continually improve in an environment where, you know, it's, it really is happening all the time. Yeah, I really liked uh, and enjoyed the part of your book where you say that the marketing calendar is actually history. I would agree with you. In an environment where content is constantly produced and disseminated to customers based on their interests, uh, you know, what is a calendar? So I really enjoyed that part. I I think uh, we're close to to the end. Is there some sort of final thoughts that you'd like to provide? We have proven these uh, techniques to be very, very effective. Um, again, I think what's compelling to me about the book is it's not just a series of, of anecdotes. You know, we came up with a, a thesis around engagement experience, and then we proved it with proprietary research. So we fielded you know, research with tens of thousands of data points that basically prove that if you apply these techniques that you're going to have improved business results. And, you know, we'd obviously love lots of people to read the book and, and get some value from it. Excellent. And uh, can you give us uh, your contact information so that uh, our listeners can uh, reach out to you? The best way to, to get a hold of me is through the, the website for the book, which is www.ignitingcustomerconnections.com, Igniting Customer Connections all together. And there's a, a contact me button on there, and you can uh, ask me questions or give comments, and, and we'll be sure to get back to you. Excellent. Thanks again, Andy.